Christ. Here we go. Uh, so, yeah, with Facebook, I, I didn't know anything about it. I actually, and this is going to be sound really sad, someone who's supposed to be in the center of profession. My wife brought it up to me first. Yeah. And the way that she told it to me was in a typical fashion of someone who maybe doesn't have a good grasp on some of the concepts um, with big, with big data, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I went back, and so I thought they did something incriminating, and I went back and I read it, and I said, well, okay, this, maybe they screwed up by allowing an API to be used by any application which can collect this type of data. But ultimately, the uh, misdeed here is the use of the information that was available, the manipulative use, not the misuse, the manipulative use of the data that was made available by this API, which falls more on CA than on Facebook. Now, I'm no Facebook supporter, fanboy, or anything, but I kind of feel like if, if there was a bad actor in this story, the bad actor is CA, and whatever data they collected, how they used it. Do you have any understanding of what's going on with the Yeah, so I read uh, Mark Zuckerberg's statement. I didn't even read that. If we assume that he's not lying and yeah. that's what happened, then yeah, uh, at one point, a lot of information was available for one of the APIs. Yeah. And they just used it. They took it because yeah. it was there to yeah. take. There for the taken. And, and then they... Uh, Closed that, uh, whatever, deprecated that API. Yeah. But then CA already had already collected it yeah. at the time. So, so that's that, and they used it. Now, I, I don't know. I don't think, like the data was there. Why should have? Well, why I should CA be kind of a, its own sensor? No, it's. Uh, and this is, this is the times we live in that make it so difficult. And I didn't read it, but it has to do with the usage agreements when you use that API. You were not to use that to monetize and you were not to use that to sell. So I guess the debate is how did CA use the information that they pulled from that API? And I don't even understand that really. It sounds like they were using that for some kind of um, targeted voter stuff. Yeah. So is that really profiting? Uh, abstractly, yes. Because the people who are on the board of directors of CA are people who benefited by Trump being elected. So that is a profit. But they not even not even by Trump being elected, but just by the by the mere fact that they were hired to fix like they yeah. obviously were paid to do the research. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they did profit, yes, one hundred percent. Obviously they did. If, yeah. even if he wasn't elected, they would have profited. So we would have sure. to look at the usage agreement of that API. Yes. So yeah, Zuckerberg claims that they violated some, yes. some part of the user agreement. Did they? I don't know. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. If there was indeed the... Look, I'm a bit, I'm a bit skeptical about that. Because see, Facebook is a social network and a big one and you know it. And you know that you pay nothing. Yes. And, and, and you know all of your shit. And you know that it uh, sort of gives you a lot of 
it has a lot of features that makes your life easier and more as convenient. A you have a platform. You have a platform. You're, you're There's fucking nobody who's done nothing and you have yeah, a platform yeah. to talk about your yeah. shoes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be, you know, connected to your friends and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it is free. Did you think that it is free? It is not free, is Nothing's it? Nothing's free. Nothing's free. So, if not CA, then Facebook itself will use your data somehow. Oh, 100% and, Facebook will, yeah. And inevitably, some part of that usage will be against your interests or against things you stand for. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm, I'm, so, yeah, CA, I think what they did was unethical, but, you know, if, you, if you're gonna, like, if you're gonna complain that, oh, CA is bad, well, why, why don't you start with Facebook? Well, then, why don't you start with you? Because you are the one who went there and registered there and keep yeah. posting stuff there and keep supporting and the like. platform. Every time you click like, you're creating yeah. your profile yeah. so that people who may want to influence yeah. you know what your buttons are. And yeah. You're knowingly and willingly give them your information. And now you act surprised that yeah. it was used for something. That is, that's what it is collected for, to be used for something. Yeah. I think, so I think there's two types of people. There's people like me and you who absolutely know the pitfalls of social media. Absolutely know the predatory, you know what, I'm not going to use the word predatory. The capitalistic uh, angle that all this social media. I mean, these guys aren't even going to lift their fingers if they don't think they can pull in uh, hundreds of millions of, of users. And that's purely for marketing money, right? So shit just doesn't get done unless they think they're going to influence at a very large scale. So me and you get that. So we know every time we click a like, every time we post like, oh, walk my dog, we know to some extent what's happening there. So is ignorance excusable for the other 98% of Facebook users who don't really get the game? That's a good or, question. Or is it just to say, like you said, like, oh, well, you use Facebook. Suck it up, sucker. You know you're going to be targeted for certain types of ads. You know you're going to be. And then this gets into another, um, I guess, discussion that says there are some people out there. What's the saying? There's a sucker born every minute? Yeah, there's a sucker born every minute. So there's people out there who are just sad to say, um, very influenceable and who are naive and those are the people I guess who go into it as innocents. Me and you don't go into any of this as innocents. Yeah. We go in knowing the game yeah. and knowing that this shit is possibly going to be used against us. So does Facebook have any responsibility for those suckers? The, 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 the bleach bottle that says do Watching Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the beef, is that the is it the bleach company's responsibility to put that there? Is there a greater good that says, okay, we know there's a lot of dum dums out there, and just to be careful, let's say, hey, dum dum, don't drink our product. For Facebook, do they have any kind of responsibility to say, hey guys, look, it's a game. We're using every bit of your personal life, who you are, and your thoughts, feelings, emotions, and we're going to market to you. And we're going to go to our customers and say, oh, here's 
a whole, here's 10 million fucking suckers who we think will buy your shit. Anywhere from voting for Trump to buying chips. They don't do that though, Facebook, do they? They well, don't. They don't. No, there's there's boosting, and they know how to boost your your shit to the right demographic. Yeah, no, no. Well, but Facebook doesn't doesn't warn you. There no, no, no. no they don't. Or, so or should they be should they be talking about this? I guess that's what Zuckerberg did in his speech. I don't know what did he say in his apology. Do you remember? I don't. I didn't it wasn't it. an apology. It was oh, just explanation. Explanation. Sort of his state. Okay. Well, I think if they did that. A lot of people would turn away from Facebook. But people still smoke cigarettes. But not as many. Yeah, that is true. Not as many. Well, they do, yeah, but not as many. Yeah, right. yeah I think if they did that, that would be damaging. For their profits. For their profits, yeah. Yeah. So they wouldn't do that. But, I mean, I think the key is, and this, we can segue into talking about 12 rules. You know, people in your life, you just have to do everything you can to make sure yourself and the people you care about are shrewd and critical thinkers. Yeah. Right? Because when I, you know, I have never, I've been on the internet since what, 92, 91, 92? I have never once been influenced by a pop-up click ad or a targeted ad. Never once. I know what I want and I know where to go to get it. Yeah. So I just look at it like, okay, if I'm gonna go and like these things, like my my family's posts or whatever, I'm just liking this shit randomly. It's never going to come back and make me buy something that I don't want to buy. It's never gonna make me vote for something that I don't want to vote for. Well, maybe you think. Oh shit. Maybe. Oh, maybe no. you think that it won't, but in reality, I, I never would have bought this iPhone if it weren't for some kind of pop-up that kept coming. Yeah, I used to that it wasn't yet. Oh my god. The Zoom yeah. H4N Pro. Why did I pick the Zoom H4N Pro? God knows why. Oh, maybe I'm not so smart after all. Yeah, you never know. Furthermore. I, although I'm pretty confident, pretty confident, it was it was a critical analysis, and um, observation and research that made me settle. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's fair enough. I think. I mean, if you do research, if you really like. Look at different options and yeah. choose something based on. But then on it comes down to Amazon reviews. <laughs> Amazon reviews, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other level of influence. But that's more, that's a communal thing, right? Yeah, I don't think they are swayed in any way by yeah. an algorithm or anything. If the product is shit, then people will downvote it. Yeah, yeah, people shit on what is shit on Amazon. <clears throat> yeah. But they're little things. They're little things. And these are... What little thing? Mm. For example... I don't know, I can't think of any. If okay. I, they're little, basically, they're little things that you might still be influenced by social media. Hmm. Can I think of an example? Well, you know what? 
Okay, so you know what I can say? There's this notion in, I don't know if you've heard of this yet, but in mobile phone apps, I think we've actually talked about this in one of our um, one of our drinking sessions, but there's this notion with mobile apps and also the video game called the Compulsion. Have you heard of this? The Compulsion. Um, so I think Instagram is probably the best example of this. They have, uh, and Snapchat started it. Of course, Facebook just outright stole it. Um, this notion of a story. And so all the people you follow can do either just post something in their feed, which is yeah. the traditional Instagram, or they can create a story, which is like this shit up at the top. They can be live, or they can be, and as a follower, like let's just say, for example, and of course this doesn't apply to me, but there's some hot girl on Instagram. Yeah. She posts a story every 10 minutes. Okay. There's a compulsion to say, number one, we're going to use that um, psychological trigger that we have where we feel that we have a, we want to connect with this social group of 150 people, right? So already if you're listening to a podcast or watching someone's Instagram feed, you, boom, okay, they're in my tribe. So already you have this connection with them, this psychological connection. But then on top of that, you get to see their face or something they're doing every few minutes. And so there's this compulsion group to go to the story and see what they're up to. Ah. And also gaming developers have this same notion. Um, so most mobile app games now have some kind of psychological uh, or psychologist consultant that talks about, is this game mechanics compulsive? And so what they're trying to do is find as many compulsion rules within a game or an app so that people keep coming back over and over and over again. And I know I'm victim to the Instagram compulsion I hate looking at this fucking phone, but I still do it. That is very interesting. Now I think about, yeah, when I had an Instagram account, I had yeah. this problem. I also, well, I, I still have Twitter, but I don't really look at, look no, at it Twitter, anymore. I don't think Twitter has any really hooks, any psychological hooks. I used to, I don't know, but I used to like go on Twitter every minute and see, is there anything new? Yeah. But it's more like information hunger or something. Yes. Well, I, that is a form of addiction. Yeah, and so I think I was very immune to Twitter when it came out, and here's why: um, because I was, uh, I guess, in my early twenties when 9/11, and what ended up happening with 9/11 is um, all these news channels, CNN, MSNBC, Fox. They were these minor players in news. Like they were all battling, they were all doing well. But once that happened, and there was one year of me just watching probably two hours of news per day, and I realized I was actually falling or gaining symptoms and things like depression, anxiety. Um, nervousness, sleeplessness, all of these things started piling up and I was like, what the fuck is going on with my life? Now, I did drink a lot. There was drinking drugs involved and I, maybe that had some kind of factor in it. But I, I blamed it on news because one day I was just watching news and I, and I literally felt ill, like I wanted to vomit. And I go, I can't, I can't watch news anymore. So that was probably like 2002 or something. And I just stopped watching news. I stopped going to these um, 
my home pages were like MSNBC or whatever. Stopped all that shit. Just the Google search box. That was my home page. And so when Twitter came out, like, I was just curious, just as a, a technologist, like, oh, what is this all about? But then I realized this is just another way to distribute news. And fuck news. I don't want anything to do with news. So I, I never really use it. I use it for a few things I'm doing, but it's literally, I post, I just did this. Like, okay, posted a podcast, or posted a YouTube video, and then it goes out, and very, and sometimes I'll, I'll retweet, but it's like stupid shit, it's very, it's not anything political, it's not anything uh, current events, I don't care what happens. I don't care what Trump does. I'm, I'm not going to get... It's not my fight, man. Yeah. It's not my fight. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. That's what, that's what I do. Yeah. And I, I had the same thing, but except I just only recently started sort of pulling myself out of it. Yeah. I used to go and look and read news specifically on politics and like on current events. Yeah. And then I found myself sort of, uh, I guess, overwhelmed with information at one point. Or You're probably it's, overwhelmed it's, with opinions. It's one side wow. of it. And then another side of it, side of it is like, well, I, I, don't, I, I don't think I care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh, are you turning into a nihilist? Nihilist? Because, see, so, so let's circle back to 12 steps. So rules. The 12 rules, because I feel... When I read that, and yeah. he talks about the danger of nihilism, yeah, I feel in a lot of ways I am a nihilist. Dude, I'm I'm listening to the book, and when he says, "Oh, you're that, you're this, you're that," and, and yeah, I am that. I, I am, am exactly what you just said. I am said. a nihilist. Yeah, I am a nihilist. I think, but here's the here's the only thing that throws me further. So, you know, a lot of times people will say shit to me like, "Oh, you seem like..." You seem like you have things together, you're a happy guy, you laugh a lot, you know, you don't look like you're aging poorly or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you the secret right now. I don't give a fuck. But to say to go to someone and say, I don't give a fuck, you're basically acknowledging you're a nihilist. Right? Yeah, ultimately. But in a way I think it's me um uh, fronting bravado and being trying to be macho, but I do care about things. But I have to care about things until they don't matter, and then I stop caring really easily. Huh, wait, um, well, right? So it's very—it's weird. It's weird where I'm at because the person who really doesn't give a fuck would not get out of bed. But I do get out of bed. I do. You would do. You wouldn't do nothing. You would do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's. You would um, pull, oh, who's the pink, who's the original lead singer of Pink Floyd? Sid Barrett. Sid Barrett. You would pull a Sid Barrett, and you would get in this race in your mind where you, you would start to um, calculate every probability, probability, and you would just say, I can't leave my bed. And then you would just lie down and say, it's better if nothing matters. But I don't do that. Yeah. I still show up to my job. I still love hanging out with my kids. I love hanging out with my friends. Is that the other one? But ultimately, I think the second something becomes too problematic and too overwhelming, I say, I don't give a fuck. Done. 
Yeah, so but, is that nihilist or is that uh, avoidance? I think so. Mm. I think we're not complete nihilists. I don't think. We I think we're a nihilist. little bit there, but we yeah. don't there completely. Yeah. We're not there completely. Um, so what? I so. What is nihilistic about me, and probably would say would go for you, is that we we don't really believe like in those irrational sort of uh, how do I put it? We don't really submit to any belief systems, you know. Yeah, and we, we question all these beliefs. And we question, and, and, and so, we're constantly trying to knock down every belief system that and, comes in front of us. And ultimately, we're contrarian. Maybe that's yeah, what we are contrarian, yeah, not yeah. really. And ultimately, we don't buy into a lot of like the narratives that different groups out there yeah. propose. We just because just well, no, there yeah. is no like I don't know supernatural cosmic goal yeah. in 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 the universe. So you know, don't don't try to bullshit me, but. At the same time, well, we, we have things that we genuinely like. Yeah. So why why, that why we would live I for, yeah I why would would, yeah why would I get up in the morning because there are things that I enjoy and I'd like to yeah. do them while I can. Yeah. And though, and why, I I mean damn I'm like near thirty and I was, I was just graduating from from the university yeah. like yesterday. Yeah yeah you blinked your eyes. Yeah. Like sure you want to get out get out of the bed and do something yeah because yeah. you know you'll, you'll you'll die soon sooner than die. you think way sooner yeah it's going fast man i feel like i'm on a rocket ship through time my face peeled back yeah there's no stopping yeah i'm already damn. on this fucking thing there's no stopping it so just fucking gather the stardust when you can yeah 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 <laughs> We might be in luck, though. There's a small chance that, like, somewhere like 20, 10, 20, maybe 30 years in the yeah. future, we'll discover some kind of an immortality pill or something. Yeah, that's what you're shooting for. That's what I'm hoping for, yeah. I kind of want to die. Because the big question is consciousness and the persistence of consciousness after the people dies. That's the big question, right? That is a big question. The death, the death of death of self is what bothers me more than death. Has right, because you're con you're quite content with whatever experience you're having with your five senses right now. Yeah, and not only quite content, but to the opposite of the nihilist view, you're, you're you enjoy it. You want to keep going. You're saying, yeah, you know what, Abraham Lincoln, you got the wrong kind of immortality. Yeah, I want the immortality. That doesn't count. Yeah, that it doesn't, doesn't count. Just because everyone remembers your speeches doesn't mean you're immortal. Yeah, you're you're not. You're immortal dead. is this thing, is ability to experience things. Yeah. Um, and and most importantly, influence things. Yeah. But yeah. even experience. No, 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 no. He's still influencing. He's still influencing. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. his, his words experience, experience, experience. Yeah. influence. You can, but you know, you you don't get any like feedback from it because you're yeah. dead. Yeah, yeah. There's no feedback. But so. That's an interesting thing you touched there. So, one of the reasons I like real immortality is because I'd like to see the future and what technology will have in the future and how our lifestyles will change. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, come to think of it, the human civilization is really like more than 10,000 years old. Yeah. So, and it's phenomenal how the psychological effect of of the fact that with 
we call like today's year is 2018 and it feels like there's only been 2000 years of, oh, right. of civilization uh, don't you think right and that and that trick like that tricks my brain into thinking no. that well it's been just 2000 years i wonder what will be 10000 years ago but we've been around for 10 well i mean as as a species we've been around for much longer Under but but uh, like a real proper civilization started about well, 12000 years ago or so let's just start let's just talk about when we started recording our experience well, the, so that's the first things. temple. Yeah, about uh, ten thousand, uh, the tenth century, Mesopotamian, ten thousand years before yeah. Christ. So right. about twelve thousand years from yeah. from today. Yeah. So twelve thousand. Twelve thousand yeah. years. Yeah. So what we do today is twelve thousand years of scientific progress. Well, there were, yeah, no, no, okay. no, you're right. But it's. It's 12,000 years of experimentation and um, experimentation and evolution. And so, I, the, the reason I want to be immortal is I dream of this like, you know, future where we have some amazing stuff. But now I think about it, I sort of started starting to doubt this maxim. Is it really why I want to be immortal? Is it really so exciting to see that future? And what I think is... What I'm beginning to realize is that, well, think of a person 100 years ago, right? Damn, we have airplane that you can yeah. hop on, yeah. and in 10 hours, you can be in Amsterdam. Yeah. And that was a three-month trip, 80 years ago. In which you could die. Because <laughs> right. I'm in a hunger or plague or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Scurvy. <laughs> Because you don't think your, yeah. your teeth would fall off and yeah, yeah. get infected and you yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can safely arrive there and you have all these gadgets. Like, dude, I mean, I'm remembering myself as a kid. I probably told you that. But so when I first got my computer, I got my first computer really late because we weren't very rich. Yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah. get it. Uh, I was like 10 or 8 and it was like well in 2000s. Yeah. Well, it was not 2000. Actually, it was 2000 exactly. Anyways. Okay. Um, and I, obviously, as a, as a kid, I, I was like, I want to play games, and I played yeah, yeah, these yeah. games. What I noticed uh, about games at the time, uh, they were fun. Uh, the, the 3D graphics were so-so, because, you know, were very, you know, yeah. squ squarey, you know, very yeah. sloppy, blocky. But then, the, a lot of games, such as like Tomb Raider, for instance, they had this CG, uh, little CG clips in between the levels that sort of... Yeah. tell you the story but the yeah, narrative yeah. Is, is I think they call it the cutscenes right? yeah yeah the cutscenes were yeah. CG yeah and I was thinking um, I bet in in the in the you know in the future sometime yeah the gameplay graphics will be as good as these Cut. CGs yeah. CG cutscenes yeah. I hope I I live to that I'll probably be very old, I'll probably be 90 or something, but damn, if only I could live up to 90. It's, it's 18 years like later. Five years ago, it's, yeah. it, it was it was the yeah. case five years ago, or yeah, like yeah, six yeah, years yeah. ago or something. Like PS3, I think, already had pretty damn realistic. Yeah, you're playing the console. Yeah, and like PS4 and all these like Xbox One, yeah. modern generation consoles, it's just overkill. It's like, yeah, yeah. I play like Uncharted and, and 
damn, the, the world looks so good, so you know, juicy and yeah, colorful, yeah. not that just real world outside yeah, yeah. my window, it's shit yeah, compared yeah. to that right there. The colors are even better. Yeah, so it is amazing how, how much we have. Yeah. And like, I just, when you stop and think about it, you just can't, can't help but appreciate, like, it's amazing. Well, so can we extrapolate this, on it that? It is the future. It, no, yeah, we're, so, yeah, let's extrapolate. Um, is that Moore's law about computing power? Yeah, that uh, every two years, I think. It doubles. Uh, yeah, roughly. Well, the original, uh, what originally Moore put forth, is not the law really, it's just an observation he put forth that every two years, a number of transistors in a chip doubles. Okay. But as a con the consequence of it's that double, is, yeah, is improvement in performance. So. All right, so let's look at it this way. Um, I think with, and this is more in your real house than mine, but uh, so with artificial intelligence, they were thinking, I remember the first time, uh, um, what are they called, master chess players? It was beat by Are they called master chess players? Grandmaster. Grandmaster chess players. So the first time that happened was in the mid-2000s, right? 97. Or was it 97? Yeah, Okay, so there were all these Sparring. games. There were, I forget the name of all the games. But basically, they were saying the most, um, not, not necessarily the hardest, but the one with the most variables is Go. It's a yeah, Chinese game. Yeah, yeah. And so all these AI experts were saying, well, we'll be able to beat humans in chess. We'll be able to beat, we beat humans in checkers long ago. We'll be, uh, we're hoping to be able to beat this game by 2015 or whatever. But they were saying Go. Like, yeah, maybe 2030, 2040. Yeah. But the computer beat the grandmaster of whatever it is in Go yeah. three years back. Yeah, yeah, this is mental. And so the the hockey stick curve, let's extrapolate on graphics too, because now we're moving into augmented reality and virtual reality. Like right now, I've only even had two virtual reality experiences. Yeah, about saying, where do you think we'll be in a decade? Yeah, it's very it's very easy to sort of yeah to sort of get caught up in this sort of skepticism and that, so the, 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 I think the problem is that since we're experiencing this reality net here and now, yeah. it doesn't seem extraordinary. It doesn't seem amazing. It just seems like reality. Yeah. It's like mundane everyday life. And like honestly, I, I can't help but sometimes think, well, Jesus Christ, uh, like can you can you make the the VR like a, a proper nice VR with like some haptic mm. feedback and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it! When will we get it? It's right. 2018. But what we what we have these days is already mind blowing. And and it's very easy to get caught up in this thinking like, well, the progress is not moving really. But I don't like because it's all gradual for us. Yeah, it's, it's gradual. We don't, we don't not, see. Not even gradual. It feels slow. It feels slow because, because we're, we're in a rush because we're immortal. Yeah, but now, but, but but you know, five years ago there was no Uber. Yeah, maybe it was, but it was not as massive, or there was no uh, Google Maps. Well, okay, Google yeah. Maps. I think there were five years ago. No, you, no, you're right. I I get it. So I almost break my life down into uh, pre-mobile and mobile. So this thing, I remember when I was so content with a BlackBerry. And do you know I was content with a BlackBerry for from basically 2001 to 2010? 
Now I know this came out in 2007, but I thought it was just, I thought it was new. Because I saw what everyone was doing with it. Like they'd be, they'd be, you know, grabbing music and it would name music. And I oh, that's stupid. I don't want to, all I want to do is email. I need my email and my calendar. Fuck everything else. And so I was a Blackberry up until two, uh, probably 2009. But then the first time I went iPhone, I was like, oh, oh what is this? And then, and then of course, over the next few years, I just got hooked and I went from iPhones to Androids to iPhones back and forth. But um, the point being is, I can remember these news reports on Twitter, like people hitting one million followers, like national clips or whatever, it not even like registering in my brain. Now here we are in 2018, and it's like, I, I need this for so much of my life. But that's only been the last seven, maybe eight years uh, where I've become 20, so dependent on 2017 was 10 year anniversary of iPhone. Yeah. So 10 years. Yeah. That's only 10 years. And, he's, and 10 years ago, the, the phones, the smartphones, 10 years ago, they were shit. They were shit. They were nothing compared yeah. to what we had. Like this thing. Jesus Christ, I was walking back home a couple days back. I made this photograph. It's too bright here, so I don't know if you can see. But I know. It's not bad, is it? No, that's that's amazing. It was made in the dark? Yeah. It was made in the dark. This is crazy like what yeah. this thing is capable Macros of. Macros enabled. You know what? I I always have a simple. But before I, I bought the first smartphone, I always had a very simple phone, and I always thought smartphones were phony. Yeah. It's like ah, some phony bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, furthermore, the okay. So I had a Nokia. Don't remember which model exactly, but it was already sort of a I think a, a email and Twitter aware. Yeah. But I thought. It's a phone, Jesus Christ. I don't want to yeah. connect to the internet. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a computer for it. Right, right. But now, so this is an internet device. Nothing, more, nothing more than an internet device. Yeah. There's so many people who this is all they do their whole job. Is. My wife does, can do her whole job. Doesn't need a computer. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's moving fast. And I would imagine things are just... I think our mind is going to be blown year over year. Yeah, what's happening? And so my hypothesis is that so it, the progress feels slow because oh, so we we read a lot of news on like like how this new fancy thing is invented, but we don't see it produced. Produced, we see sort of a lab a prototype. But I think that the catch is that we need some time to figure out how to mass produce them. How to produce them efficiently, uh, like cost efficient, and you know, overall resource efficient. Well, I, I, I agree. But once that happens, it will become massive like that. Well, okay. So let's take some. I don't know if you read this in the news report, but uh, there was uh, an Uber self-driving car um, killed a pedestrian. So it's the first reported pedestrian fatality with a self-driving yeah. car. So you know, of course, they called and everything. Congratulations, to Uber made a history. Yeah, they made history. Uh, but my uh, my take on the main uh, barrier to technology is actually uh, 
human tolerance. And that tolerance is manifested through things like um, bureaucracy, red tape, um, laws, things like that. I think right now with the technology we have, and this is another one that has gone super fast, I don't think there's any reason why at this very moment we could say, boom, cut over to self-driving cars. Like literally. Yeah. Uh, no, maybe back roads would be safe. Um, but self-driving cars, I think, could be to the 80% saturation right now. And they could mass manufacture it, I believe. Um, because they're, these are like, um, there's nothing special about these cars that they've done the self-driving. I mean, it's literally just Mercedes, Audis. They just take normal cars, Hondas, and make them self-driving. Um, so I think that could happen literally like a snap of a finger. Uh, things like the, there's a com there's multiple companies here in the Bay Area, but in China and here in the Bay Area, there's people carrier um, multi-rotor vehicles. I think you go to flying cars like that, except for how do we regulate? And I think it is proper, it is the correct thing to do to go slow, but we're not going slow because of the technology. I think the technology, since we've hit like whatever this is called, the transistor, the double wave of the transistor, I think right now we have, we have, let's say a dam, and on the lake side of the dam is the computing capabilities, and the consumer availability is the small river. Mm -hmm. So what I think is gonna happen is if we figure out how to release that technology safely from the dam, that river is gonna swell up. And we're gonna release all this technology on, into society. That, that's where I think we're at, but I might be a little bit starry-eyed, I don't know. No, I think so. I think that uh, skepticism or, yeah, skepticism I think is not warranted. That will not uh, backed up by any yeah. rational meaning, thought. Meaning there is it's irrational. the level of potential that we are sitting on with our current technology, not technology five years, but the current technology. Mm. The potential we're sitting on is far greater than we're actually exploiting it. Mm. And we're doing so, we're going slow because of our concerns and our worries. And our, totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, that, that, that's very interesting. And you know, one thing I... I've been thinking a lot about lately is okay well we we mentioned smartphones yeah inevitably one of the most important things in in the life of say modern westerner yeah. at the very least right will something replace them yes because see i know it's going to replace see them. traditional phones uh well the sort of older mobile phones like yeah. the, the traditional mobile phones have been around for nothing They've been around for some few years, yeah. and then smartphones came. And then this, this is different from a smartphone from 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a, a computer it without is. a keyboard. Yes. And then, what will come next? It, it's so clear, it has to be augmented reality. I feel, I feel the same. So all of the cellular and Wi-Fi capabilities, and computing capabilities, have to go into... So we already have the watch, but the watch is kind of a secondary to the mobile device. Yes. So we need a watch with a headset, whether it be your prescription glasses or whatever, with earbuds, and then the heads up display. Because I've almost gotten to the point where I just say, fuck virtual reality. The reason I say fuck virtual reality is because that is technology um, for 
the house or the office. But life isn't meant to be in the house or the office. Life is meant to be out here, right? And so how do we how do we augment what's already out here with augmented reality? So I think Google Glass, as douchey as their technology looked, that was it. That was truly um, the where we're going with computing and the marrying of technology and biology. It has to be augmented reality, in my assessment. See, I, on one hand, I agree. That makes sense. Yeah. There are a few problems with this. Okay. One problem is input. I can type with this keyboard. Okay. And yeah. That I can not only type, I can draw. In, in other in other words, I can produce input of arbitrary complexity. It can be a drawing, it can be a word, a word, a sentence, anything. But remove that. You have you have what you have you have some kind of microphone, some voice commands. Can everything be expressed as a voice command? Okay, let's. I don't want to answer that question, but let's ask another question. Outside of a Picasso or a um, can't think of any other outside of one of the great artists of all of human history. What is the most concise way the majority of humanity expresses itself? I think voice. Voice, yes. So, so I think that's my answer, is that a keyboard is archaic because there's very few people who are great writers and who are concise in their writing. I struggle with writing to this day. I'm, I'm 42 years old and just... Putting together a concise email or a concise report is very difficult for me. But I like to believe if you put me in a room with just my voice and a concept, I can convey that very well to people. So right now, voice is very primitive and clunky because you have an Alexa, I have an Alexa, people have an Alexa. It's clunky, it's hard working with Alexa, right? But again, I think we're at this point where uh, this is the potential, or wait, no, this is the potential of Alexa, and this is how we're using her right now. So I do think that probably the augmented reality will be a situation where I'll be like, uh, you know what, it won't even be Skype for me. All of this shit, Skype, Twitter, Instagram, it'll be like, hey, Vadim, and you'll be like, dude, what's up? I have four other calls going right now, and I go, okay. Let me just send you what I'm looking at right now, and here's a joke. And it'll take a picture, boom, that's like Instagram, do whatever I'm seeing, and then here's a joke for you, and then I'll say whatever I've just heard. And then that'll sit in your queue, and then when you finish your three things, it'll be like, here's what I'm looking at. That'll be your Instagram feed or your storyboard or something like that. It'll be whatever that person is, is looking at. So essentially, what you're saying is the next step is sort of a connected minds. Yeah, we've in talked way, about this in a way. Yeah, yeah, we can. Well, yeah. I, okay, so let's say. Well, not. Well, figuratively speaking, of course. It's not like a neurons will be connected on like at a neuron level yeah. and you'll become one entity. It'll be an augmented But it's just, here. yeah, it's just you're like. It's like in, 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 in sci fi where you have like. It's like telepathy, essentially. Yeah. It's like telepathy. Well, yeah, so that's probably 500 years down the road. 
But in the next 20 years, it's got to be augmented reality. And all of these experiences that we're fumbling with with the mobile device, instead of us being like this, you know, this is a serious problem right here, looking down at your phone. That's yeah. a serious problem. It's horrible for your posture. We're just going to be looking around and then be like, oh, whatever the name of your augmented reality is. Like, oh, hey, uh, Barbara. Check out the grab and go box here at uh, Whole Foods and send over to my buddy. The D one, two, or three, and then you'll have whatever number number there. Oh, the photo or whatever, you know. And then that now, and then I'll go into the B. Or I could just be like, oh, send all my followers grab and go at Whole Foods, and then whatever kind of Instagram shit. You know, I'm just looking at it. I don't have to focus. I don't have to zoom. I don't have to do anything. That's what I believe is next. I, I agree. That feels like what should be next. It this feels like next. a logical next step. I think so. And everybody's preoccupied with it. Everybody's yeah. preoccupied. Oh yeah, Microsoft I think is putting more into that than VR. I think yeah. the only people who really jumped into VR are um, you know Facebook with Oculus and uh, Vive. Valve is a company and they are yeah. since called Vive. So they really jumped into VR, and I don't necessarily. I'm not saying VR will be dead, but I think it can't. Meet our needs the way augmented reality can meet our needs. Oh, so the VR is a niche. is is for gamers, for I people so. seeking excitement, I guess, immersive experiences. Yeah. Reality, yeah, yeah. Games and you know, shows. That'd be pretty cool, though. What I'm really looking forward to see is some kind of a, like a, you open a VR, you put on a VR set, and uh, you go, you at a the Beatles concert or something that looks oh, realistic. Yeah, That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. We kind of missed out on those. Yeah. Well, also, actually, you know what? Let's pause here. Yeah. Probably get.